Oh my god. I cannot unsee that. Oh my god. A tired infinity sign. Just like halfway to infinity. Infinity, but less enthusiastically. <laughs> Hey guys! Welcome back! It's Sonali. And this is Jenks. And you're listening to Pass Pass the Salt, Salt, episode 15. So I'm gonna let you take this because you have been dying to try this place. Thank you. I will I will happily take the honors. We found this restaurant. Well, you found it. I found this place that has massive corn dogs. They're called their Korean corn dogs. It's basically a um, corn dog that they have in like different flavors. You can have potatoes on there, hot Cheeto powders with their like special sauces and stuff. So the one me and San got was called a spicy dog. Oh mm, my God, it was so good. So good. We went and ate it over there and had it fresh. And it gives you the cheese pull of your dreams you guys literally go look on our instagram because it was amazing i will go back and i will definitely try the other ones as well so basically the spicy dog is a corn dog and then you choose your filling and they add Um, two hand spicy sauce and hot cheetos powder on top of the corn dog and it's everything to die for it's so worth it i don't think i could eat more than one i'll be honest with you but it was amazing it's definitely worth the trip Especially if it's like your first time. Because it's like one of those things mm-hmm. that you don't really normally go for. You can, don't really find everywhere. But like once you do, it's like, yeah. I got to try that. Mm-hmm. It's and definitely this, a good munchy or like a drenchy. Definitely. Like you stop in the middle of the night. I don't think it's open that late though. So just leave it in your fridge. You can warm that no. bitch up later. No. Don't <laughs> encourage that. <laughs> Anyways, this place is called Two Hands. And they have multiple locations throughout the Los Angeles area. So if you're in town, you guys should definitely check it out and let us know what you think. Yeah. What do you give it? Ooh, I give it a 9 out of 10. Mm, Okay. I was about it. Yeah. Dream come true? Yeah, definitely. It was everything I ever hoped for. You guys have no idea how badly she's wanted to try that place. (laughs) Like, she has mentioned it to me probably months ago. And we just happened to be in the area that day. And we were like, you know what? Let's just fucking do it. Let's do it for the podcast. We did it for you guys. For you guys. It was all for you. What do you rate it? Um, I would give it, I would say an eight. An eight? Okay. Yeah, I'm just not like a huge cheese person, mm. but I liked it. Well, did you know pretty soon they're coming out with a veggie sausage that you can put in there? I definitely don't know that information. Yeah. It's a vegan like meat that you can choose to have in the corn dog instead. Well, maybe we'll have to make a trip out next time that comes out. Yeah, I'll let you know. Uh, so today we're actually just going to give you like a little roundup of stories, kind of like popcorn pop culture, but we're trying something a little different and um, we're trying to keep you guys, you know, awake, keep you guys focused and just trying to give you guys all the current events, like what's really happening today instead of, you know, focusing on stories from the past. Mm-hmm. Definitely let us know what you think because this is something different that we're trying. So something that's making the headlines so much lately is Zayn and Gigi Hadid's breakup, but more specifically the drama between Zayn and Yolanda Hadid. Miss Yolanda. Yeah. 
That's uh, he's messing with the mother-in-law, right? That's, that's the mother-in-law a, for sure. That's a hard no. That's a beast you do not want to wake up, <laughs> especially when it's Yolanda. <laughs> you know, right? Because from the Housewives, I haven't seen her season. Out of all the Housewives that were on her seasons, she was the more level-headed one. Mm. She was more of like the mom, but she was also very like obsessed with her relationship and her man, and would do anything and everything to please him. Like that was just the kind of vibe I was getting, and it was really sad because she went through Lyme disease and I don't know exactly what caused their divorce but I feel like it had to do with him cheating on her or oh. something about that and he wasn't really present when she was going through Lyme disease which was really sad but you know no hate on David Foster whatsoever but it didn't seem like he was a very attentive husband mm. and I feel like she was just trying to like make him her first priority yeah I remember watching snippets of it with you mm-hmm. when you were watching that when she was on the show And I remember this one segment where she was like, you should always dress up for your man and have dates. And like, she like made this entire intimate date in the backyard and he comes home and he's like, yeah, whatever. Exactly. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And she kind of had like a backwards mind about women empowerment. Like, she's such a strong individual. You can definitely tell that when you're watching her on the show and the way she talks and the way she carries herself. But it is a little decades old because her ideology of being a good wife was like taking care of your husband, making sure you fill all of his needs rather than being like, no, I want like an equal partnership. I've had conversations with people and they were a little put off by all that, mm. you know, but I can understand because she's from a different country. She grew up in a different country. That's true. And like our parents did the same thing. So it's easy for me to understand her perspective because that's kind of how our parents are, yeah. you know, but like someone who also grew up in America and is living during this feminist movement that's so big right now, I can understand why some people are also put off by it. Yeah. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword. Yeah, I feel that. Do you think that her culture and, like, the things that she's been through kind of led to her, like, sticking up for herself and her kids? And- she did say that she left her country and came to America to become a model and was supporting her family back home, like, her mom and stuff. Wow. So, like, she was basically, like, the provider for the family through her modeling and everything. That's really... And she's basically raised her kids. I mean, Bella, Anwar, and Gigi as a single mom because I don't think her and Muhammad were together very long. The kids, like, adult years and growing up, they've been separated. And I think she had probably sole custody. At least that's what it seems like. Mm -hmm. So I do think that maybe she raised them as a single mom and... I feel like she is a good figure for her kids. But when it comes to, like, love and women's roles, I feel like she, she kind takes of... takes the back burner. Yeah. It's, okay. not, it's not the best that I would want. Yeah. But again, it's like, it's where you grew up. It's where, what your views are. And maybe it makes sense if she was still in Europe. But, like, in America, it's not as accepted. Yeah. At least it's not as sought after to be that typical housewife. But let's go back to Zane and all the drama that conspired after... <laughs> It's like every single headline or every single, like, post was about Gigi and Zane and Yolanda. Because it's huge. Like, that's a huge news break. That's insane. The news, like, trickled through, like, first it said this, then it said Mm -hmm. this, then it's this is the actual case. Yeah. Clearly someone leaked the story. I'm going to take a really fucking big guess and think it was Yolanda who did leak it. We did notice that the news reports were saying that apparently Zane struck her. Mm -hmm. But Zane adamantly denied that publicly. 
He did, like, put out a statement where he did mention that family matters that are happening um, should be kept private. And he did also address that they have been pretty rocky, but he wants to keep his privacy and he wants to be able to protect his daughter and raising his daughter and all of that. <laughs> and then he also did say that he hopes that Yolanda will reconsider her claims about him and move towards healing the family issues in private. So also further trying to make me believe that Yolanda was the one that put out the story mm-hmm. since he's kind of like accusing her for making it public. That was my initial like yeah. thought of it too when I read it. I was like, oh, so Yolanda's just doing this for <laughs> fucking sympathy or not sympathy, but to get the word out. I don't know about all that. I think it was more of like a he can be held accountable if it's out there. Because mm-hmm. if it's dealt in private, they have to keep things hush-hush. They have to keep things quiet. If it's out there, he'll probably take it more seriously. That's, That's kind of how I took it. Yeah. And like I said, Yolanda is such a unproblematic housewife from the show mm-hmm. that it's hard for me to imagine her putting out something so serious when it has to do with her granddaughter and her daughter. It's just putting a lot of scrutiny on that family matter. Yeah. But I feel like she wouldn't intentionally do that if she didn't feel like that was the best option for them. She's too famous. She doesn't need the headlines. Yeah. She's not a fucking Ramona singer. And her... (laughs) (laughs) Ramona bitch the ratchet ass New York housewife. I can't. (laughs) Fun fact, I found this out yesterday. Ramona and Rihanna have beef. So, (laughs) Team Rihanna forever. Well, Rihanna doesn't like Ramona. (laughs) (laughs) So Gigi also put out a statement after the news broke and she did confirm that they did break up and she requested that her and her family receive privacy during this time and that she is fully and solely focusing on her daughter and raising her daughter. So when the news first broke, there were rumors going around that Yolanda will probably serve in papers. I think this all happened a month ago. Well, at least the incident happened in September, but uh, news reports and news outlets got a hold of the court documents on Friday, October 29th. And the papers accused Zane of shoving Yolanda into a dresser, which caused her mental anguish and pain. And he referred to her as a fucking Dutch slut. (sighs) And told her to stay away from his daughter. So let's just, let's just go into, like, the story. Like, yeah. what literally happened. So reports state that on September 29th, Zane arrived to his Pennsylvania home that he shares with Gigi. And he was taking care of their daughter while Gigi was overseas for a Paris Fashion Week. Yeah, Paris Fashion Week. And I guess Yolanda came by, swung by the house unexpectedly, and just kind of walked in, you know, let herself in. (laughs) And I don't know what caused the argument. I don't know if that was the source of the argument or what, but apparently a verbal argument broke out between her and Zane. That's when Zane called her a fucking Dutch slut. He told her to stay away from their daughter, Kai. And in the same report, he obviously shoved her into a dresser, all that. But then he also called Gigi and was telling her to strap on some fucking balls and defend your partner against your fucking mother in my house. That was literally his so quote. So, fuck. When I saw that, my jaw dropped. Like, how do you say that to your partner? And uh, to make things even worse, in that same police report, Zane was allegedly attempting to physically engage in a fight with John <laughs> McMahon, who was the security guard for Yolanda, and um, called, and this is another quote. I'm going to try to say this in a British accent because <laughs> it sounds really fun, but here we go. He says, Get the fuck out of my house, you fucking copper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. 
God, please repeat that. Which translates to, get the fuck out of my house, you fucking copper. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for the translation. (laughs) In case my accent is really that bad. (laughs) Now that you hear, you know all about this, Jinx, what are your thoughts? I think the fact that he wanted to keep it so private. If you were truly innocent, you'd be like, fuck it, whatever. Like, it'll, the truth will prevail. And then second, I totally can see Zayn saying some shit like this. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not completely out of the, like, different world. I see it. Yeah. And so I definitely believe these things happen. I have a hard time believing that he physically put his hands on her. But I think that he might have, like, tried to put his hands on the bodyguard, which might have reflected on her getting hit maybe or, like, brought into it that's a good way to see it yeah but i don't think he would actually put his hands on her just because he cares about his daughter so much Mm. allegedly that if that was the case he would think of the relationship you know what i mean like his daughter would go through his mind i think that's completely like possible Mm -hmm. i I can totally see that it's a good perspective when i saw all this stuff come out i was like okay this is a very deep issue like i don't think zane would just lose his shit there are many possibilities here are the possibilities a he has like mental illness Mm -hmm. he's dealing with some type of issue personally and it's being projected through his anger towards all the people that he is surrounded with that's number one but then it's like okay why would Gigi allow him to take care of their daughter if she didn't think he was mentally capable of doing it? Exactly. So that's kind of squashed. Number two is, again, I, do- I highly doubt this is the case, but could it be drugs? True. Possibly. But then again, why would he be taking care of their daughter if he was on drugs? Mm-hmm. I don't think that anybody would do that to their newborn baby. So the number three, I fall on like maybe him and Yolanda have butt heads a lot and yeah. maybe went a little too far once. And this is my theory, personally. I feel like, just from what I've seen with Zane and what I've seen with Yolanda online, again, I agree. It doesn't surprise me that he has anger issues and he popped off like he did with Yolanda and the security guard because there have been videos surfaced around the internet with him actually getting into physical altercations (laughs) with people over stupid shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like He does have a short fuse. I can Mm -hmm. see that. I think the fame fuels his short fuse, too. Like, he is a very private person. Mm -hmm. So when, like, people shed light on anything that he does, it gets to him and it triggers his anger. Yeah, I think the scrutiny is very triggering for him for whatever reason. And I feel like there's always two sides to a story, right? Mm -hmm. We're only hearing Yolanda's side because she's the only one that went out and leaked the story. Right. So we're hearing it from her camp. We're really not hearing his. He wants to shut it down, doesn't want to talk about it. So... If we flip the perspective and we try to be like, okay, what would Zayn's perspective be in this situation? Here's my theory. I feel like Yolanda, from what I've seen on the shows, on TV, she seems like a very controlling mother. You know, she seems very like my way, the highway. Interesting. Very hands on her daughter's lives. She was their momager when they were, Mm. I don't know if she still is, but I'm assuming she might be. But she was managing her children when they were getting into the modeling agency modeling careers and things like that and I can see her also being a very like controlling her hands-on grandma too so she's probably thinking oh that's my granddaughter of course I'm gonna go check on her when my daughter's out of town yeah may have let herself in and maybe like Gigi and Bella and Anwar like they're used to her crossing these boundaries and not Mm -hmm. have that typical privacy that you would expect in like an American family because At least in my home, my parents aren't American, like they're Indian, and they kind of act the same way. Like my mom feels like she can do whatever she wants, say whatever she wants, as long as it's about me and my life. And there is no sense of privacy. You know, they always want to put in their opinion. 
I don't know, you probably might have the same experience. Yeah, my, with my family, anytime I have, like, some type of, when I stick up for myself, when they're criticizing something in my life, their response for, like, a brief period of my life was, so we're just not allowed to have a say in our daughter's life. Exactly, exactly. So it's it's like, like, no, you do, but you, like, there's a difference between controlling and being unhappy with the decisions I make. Yeah. And forcing me to make the decisions that you want. But it's a cultural thing. It is, In those cultures, the parents are, like, the hierarchy. You listen to them, you respect them, you never say no to them. And I don't know where Yolanda's from, I don't know her family history, but what I see from the show, it doesn't seem like she has a similar... American values as other people would have and it's Mm -hmm. still like a little traditional Mm -hmm. so in my eyes I'm thinking maybe like Gigi Bella on where they're all used to this and they expect this shit from their mom Mm -hmm. but Zane probably has never been okay with it he's new to the family he probably has like his own issues with boundaries and privacy and Yolanda probably crosses those boundaries doesn't care what he has to say you know because she's the hierarchy she literally is the mother and father in their family because she's a single mom you know so I think it's that power play that comes in, and I think that's what caused it. I think it's, like, really hard to assume that Zane just, like, popped off because I feel like there has to always be a trigger. I think it was built up. So this yeah. is my second theory, and I just created it with all your theories that you just said. So it's a <laughs> mixture of your, like, two theories. So I, what if he does have a mental illness, right, and he was taking medication for it for a long time and he was stable. So Gigi felt comfortable with leaving Kai in the hands of Zane. Mm-hmm. Yolanda didn't like that shit. And she's like, well, mm-hmm. I just want to check up on Kai because we don't know for sure if he's actually taking his meds when Gigi's gone, whatever. So she did that. And then he felt as though she overstepped a boundary and that made him pop off. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm fine. I got my daughter. Like, this is, you shouldn't be, like, budding into my life like this. Maybe. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think it's very suspicious that, like, it broke out a month later and Zane, like, was like, no, I think we should still do it privately. Like, you had a month to figure this shit out. They probably have been. That's why I'm saying, like, something led Yolanda to be like, I need to release this because clearly he's not listening. Which makes me feel like that little aspect of the dates makes me believe that it actually happened. At least the verbal part of it. Oh, I believe 100% all this happened. Yeah. I just want to understand why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Zane pleaded to no contest. hmm what does that mean? So the terms guilty plea and no contest are often used interchangeably. But pleading guilty means that the defendant admits that he or she committed the crime, whereas pleading no contest means that an accused accepts the conviction mm-hmm. but avoids a factual admission of guilt. So they're like, okay, I'll take the charges, but I'm not admitting I did it. Exactly. So you did it without telling me you did it. Okay. Zane is facing 90 days probation for each count, which adds up to 360 days because remember, he was being charged for four counts and he will be required to successfully complete anger management class. He also has to comply to his adult probation, uh, to the conditions of his adult probation and parole, and he has to have zero contact with Yolanda and her security guard. And if he does not violate his probation after six months, the judge can end it. So that's that's nice to hear. Hoping things get better for Zane and Gigi and Yolanda. Uh, it's really sad and I don't, I feel really bad that, you know, a poor baby is involved in all yeah. of this. She's so young and like her family's Loki kind of falling apart. Yeah, but I mean, Zane seems like he loves being a father. You know, he seems very, he seems like a good dad. It doesn't seem like he's immaturely 
taking on a fatherly role. Like, it seems like he's very serious about it. So I'm hoping that, you know, he works on himself for the sake of his child and, you know, things look better in the future. Yeah. I do not think they should get back together, though. I think they've been on and off for so fucking long. Like, what? If it's not working out, it's not working out. Exactly. Just call it quits. Yeah. I feel like you're doing more harm to your child by trying to make it work than just co-parenting in the best way possible, which I heard that they are doing. So I guess they've been broken up for like a month now mm-hmm. and they have been focusing on co-parenting that this I wonder if time. they still live in the same house together. I doubt it. Highly doubt it. Probably. Another huge thing that's circulating over the virtual space, shall I say, <laughs> is uh, the fact that Facebook announced that they're changing their name to Meta. Crazy. And their fucking logo looks so weird. I was talking about the, the logo with um, a coworker a couple of days ago when they first announced their um, the <laughs> And for metaverse. those of you that don't know, this is expert opinion because sounds in marketing. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling, I was talking to uh, one of my coworkers and I was like, their logo literally looks like a tired infinity sign. <laughs> oh my God. I cannot unsee that. Oh my god. A tired infinity sign. Just like halfway to infinity. Infinity, but less enthusiastically. (laughs) Okay, so the metaverse is basically, for those of you who don't know, is an online space that will um, allow people to interact in a more immersive way. So it's like VR, um, and it gives like a virtual environment where you have your own avatar. Think Ready Player One. Yes. literally... It's exactly the like that. same thing as Ready Player One, except for in Facebook's case, it's more like social media e mixed with gameplay. That's what Ready Player One is basically. Yeah, I guess you're right. I thought Ready Player One was more just game based, like a game console based. Like they do have a game, but like you can be whoever you want. You you don't have to play games in Ready Player One. Like there's different things you can go do. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. yeah. So basically, like it's Ready, literally Ready, Ready Player, Player One. One. Honestly, for me, it's like Sims and AR. Yeah, that's a great way of explaining it. Sims and AR. (laughs) (laughs) Companies are actually really excited about this because you can feel together without being together physically. So think of it in like more of like a work aspect. Some fashion companies are even like, they can build like a store that you can walk through, try on clothes, you can make your own avatar, which I think is kind of cool, honestly. And then you can have concerts and events and things like that. So in Facebook's term, they are changing their name to Meta. And a metaverse for Facebook is where you can bring physical things into the metaverse as a hologram. And then you can use that to socialize and then leave to a personal room if you ever need space. Um, Which is like weird because it's like if you wanted to be alone, just take off the console and be alone. In real life. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In IRL. (laughs) So in Mark Zuckerberg's definition, the metaverse is going to be an online space that allows people to interact in a greater form than a typical website. And he wants to bring it into reality within the next five years. It is supposed to be the big next step for technology. I mean, think about it. We're already kind of like going down that, you know, road to, you know, with more AR. Mm -hmm. They have the Oculus game, gaming console, all that. So, and then they also have, they've like integrated that into um, barcades too, because I went to one. Yeah. And then they have like all those VR experiences you can pay for. So we're already pivoting into that world and he wants to take it and like put it on crack basically. And 
the whole metaverse is going to run on cryptocurrency. So if you are thinking about uh, purchasing a crypto stock, this might be your best chance to do it before those stocks skyrocket. Because once this metaverse is out there, like crypto is going to be making shit ton of money. Yeah, I feel like this is going to open a whole new door of crypto because I think it was like falling off a little bit. It is. Because NFTs are getting really big now. Yeah, it's not it's not a stable it's not a stable market bet yeah. because it's constantly going up. It's crashing up. It's crashing. Mm. You can't project a forecast for it. But once the metaverse is here, like crypto is here to stay. Yeah, I definitely agree. So the two types of worlds that they have in meta, the tired infinity sign, um, are horizon home and horizon worlds. And home is basically a place where you can like interact with friends. So it's more like a virtual like what Facebook already is. Well, and you can also make your own home. Like, you can design a home for yourself virtually. So it's literally Sims. And then you can invite people over to come hang out with you and all that. But it's like, the whole experience is a home. On the other side, they have Horizon Worlds, which is a place you can build from scratch as well and then jump into them with other people. But that's more of like... I thought of it more of like a global movement. So not everyone can be in there if you want. Like you can make your home public and shit like that or your world public. Yeah. And like on the show or not the show, the video, Mark kind of takes you down like a demo of like what it's like and what it looks like. And you can create a world where you're or like a meeting room where you're out of space and you're like in a spaceship and you're interacting with people. You can call other people that are not in, you know, the metaverse at the time and they can hop on like they called somebody that was out in the real world that was wearing glasses. And she was like, oh, I saw this like crazy art on the wall. It's like AR art. Yeah. So you can only look at it with like virtual reality glasses. Mm -hmm. And so she took a picture of it and sent it to the meeting where they were in space. And And they can literally drop it into the metaverse and they can all look at it in real time. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it was really, it was very, at that point, it was selling me. I'm not going to lie. It was selling me. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg also pointed out that there are benefits to this gaming or to this platform, basically. And it's that, one, it's environmentally friendly because you can have virtual meetups without leaving your house. So, obviously, like... That's a pro. Yeah, pro. The world is ending. We need to save it. (laughs) Exactly. Um, There's opportunity for everyone, so it can create jobs for everybody. Another pro. Another pro. And then people can be together without physically being together, which I think is a pro, but also not a pro, because I think that will feed into our social anxiety a lot more and make us very introverted people. And I think humans are meant to have human interaction. From a work perspective, I love that idea. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of, like, you can literally work from home, but you can all sit together in a meeting room and, like, have conversations. My yeah. boss, specifically my CEO, he is really big on that human-to-human interaction, that collaborative, like, thinking yes. and vibing with people in real time. And I think in COVID world, which we are currently living in, but we don't know how long we're going to live in, <laughs> yeah. it does sound pretty awesome because it would be nice to be able to be like, okay, I have a meeting at like nine o'clock. Let me just put on my suit, get online and, you know, hang out with my coworkers and have like real conversations face to face. But I agree. Like, I don't think it makes sense from a social media perspective because I agree. I agreed with what Mark Zuckerberg was saying in the video. I don't think that, you know, office environments are going to go back to normal. I think remote is here to stay. Mm -hmm. At least, you know, if it's not fully remote, it'll be hybrid. And I think that... And he also had a good point about the hybrid models too, where he was saying like, 
hybrid doesn't allow everyone to still be together. It's no, like some totally. people are there and other people aren't. So I mean, there's my, still a disconnect. From my own perspective, because my company did do hybrid for a little bit and it wasn't the same, you know, even though like my team would go in on the same day, it would literally be us and maybe like five other people in the office. It's not the same. It's not doing much, you know, it's nice to be with my team, but that's mm-hmm. it. And it also will probably help like with culture because I know when my company were experiencing issues with culture and people wanting to be more motivated and wanting to interact with people virtually. And I feel like if this was here, you could have like a whole office party. You could have like a birthday celebration. Definitely. And that people can feel like they're physically attending intending. without physically exactly. attending. Exactly. And think about like trainings, you know, mm-hmm. like if that was through virtual reality, it's, I feel like it would be easier to learn in a training environment when you're physically there. And if yeah. you can't physically be there, AR would be so much better. Yeah. So, I think from a work perspective, this is a cool idea because even with like remote employees, like with when the whole pandemic happened, I mean, you saw it with your company, people moved. Yeah. People like literally moved out of the state. And I don't think they're going to want to come back. No. If they're told to come back into the office. So this would be a great resolution for all that. I definitely agree. And then also like that whole fashion piece about it, like how fashion companies like, well, if this goes into the fashion world fast, um, you can walk into a store and try on clothes with the avatar you have built for yourself. I think that's amazing because I hate trying on clothes. That's not like a chore Online shopping taken to another um, level. Yeah. Meta came out with multiple models of the VR platform. The first one is called Presence and that's basically a, the basic lowest model. And then the next one, the next higher up is Cambria, which requires a full suit that's comfortable, but also has sensors. So with Cambria, they want to focus matching your physical expression and eye movements. I can see it used more with like working environments, more collaborative environments where facial expressions are needed because it's really hard to gauge people's emotions through emails and texts. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and the next form is also Nazare, which is what Meta is focusing on right now. And that is a virtual augmented reality glasses. And basically how he explained it was you can literally put on these glasses, look at your WhatsApp, re- respond to a message there, and then take off your glasses to like stop responding to WhatsApp. So it's like picking up your phone, responding to a message, putting your phone away. Literally. <laughs> what? And it's funny because I, I read something a while back where they were saying technology, it sounds really innovative. It sounds like it solves a lot of problems. But all it's really doing is making our society very lazy. Yes. With the whole WhatsApp thing and like texting and interacting in that way, using glasses, I think that is unnecessary. Mm-hmm. This is not doing better. This is making something that's already great unnecessarily better (laughs) there was a bit of mixed reactions i feel about this some people were about it and some people were like this is weird i had a little bit of reservations towards the end of it just because i feel like the way facebook delivered it i was very put off by because why are you telling me that this is all the shit that you're going to do when you haven't even done it like you don't see apple being like in five years, we're going to do this. No, they do take five years to do it. And then they come out with this is what we did. I took it as maybe they're trying to get investors. Okay. So they were putting that out there because I think they gave a condensed version to news outlets. But the one that we saw that was like an hour and a half long, it was more technical. Mm-hmm. So I think that was more towards like getting investors or getting like government or like licensing stuff like more on board. It was more okay. like a business move. That makes sense. Yeah. For example, Elon Musk, he went into AI, right? But he 
mentions that they're testing things here and there, talks about, oh, something exciting's coming up in AI. He's not like, this is what we're doing. This is what we're going to release in five years. And like this, this, this. I kind of, because I kind of thought the same thing. I was just kind of like, why would you put out this statement? But I think it was also a PR move because A, they probably want to generate buzz. Mm -hmm. But B, they were getting a lot of bad news because of the whistleblower complaints that came out, which was coincidentally like a couple weeks ago. So I think that they already had this made Mm -hmm. and maybe they were only sharing it internally or, you know, whatever. Bits and pieces to their investors. Exactly. And I think that when the whistleblower came forward and talked about how, you know, Facebook isn't, is promoting violence and all this stuff, they were like, okay, we can't hide this. Like it's literally out there and it makes us look so bad, but why don't we shift the story and make it about this thing that we're coming out with instead. And then let's change our name too, you know? So it's being like, we're no longer Facebook, we're meta now. So like everything associated with Facebook is now devalued. Yeah. All the negative press that came from it, you know what I mean? So they're just pivoting. It's very convenient that they did it right now. It's a huge PR move. Huh. I never even thought about it that way. (laughs) Fuck. Welcome to PR and marketing. Bro. You offer, you always offer like a PR perspective and it literally blows my fucking mind. (laughs) Obviously, like I'm in finance. So like my thing is very concrete. I look at what's in front of me. Yeah. You have to always like look beyond the veil. Yeah. Especially when it's big corporations and press. Press, everything, you have to take everything with a grain of salt. Especially when it's coming from the actual company. And like we know Facebook isn't like the best. We know that they're pretty shady. Even the people of Facebook, like the users... I have an opinion on them too. <laughs> that's that's a whole different story. But we <laughs> just know, wanted to put that out there. <laughs> but we know that like Facebook cares mostly about the profit. We've seen that. They don't care about the users of their platform. They've had issues with, you know, people coming out and saying that they've been selling our information. Mm-hmm. Then the whistleblower complaints came out about like them promoting hate speech and all this other stuff and because it gets more viewers, it gets mm-hmm. more reactions online. And that kind of supports my point when we watch this video. I feel like they were trying to do too much all at once. Which ties back to your point where they're all about financial gain. Definitely. I What I took from it was, this sounded so cool. Like They were really drawing me in. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, that sounds amazing. But then I had a couple of red flags come up. A, I was like privacy think about it there's already so many people gaming to where like they game from the moment they wake up to the minute they go to sleep which is usually like 4 a.m you know they're on it all day now we take that gaming concept and we put it into a social media platform where you're interacting with people you're having conversations you're doing things you know and it's a whole different world so you can live in it like you live in this where's the privacy because these computers are going to be keeping track of the things that you say they already use that for a marketing tool it's going to be taken up to a whole different notch and i genuinely do not trust mark to protect our shit i mean they did bring up the privacy thing but Clearly, from history, we know that that is not their main priority. Yeah. You know, so I think that was a huge red flag that came up for me. Another one was, what is the money? Like, how much is this going to cost? You know, and I Mm -hmm. feel like, okay, it's going to be cool to live in this world. But I feel like if you want to, like, have the really cool things that they were showing, it's going to cost a shit ton of money, money that goes into his pocket. And another thing that really freaked me out about this was, like, Mark Zuckerberg is literally creating a whole different reality. Like, he's taking people out of the real world and creating a fake world and makes complete profit out of everyone's living. So it's like people were literally living in their, like, Ready Player One and they're buying things and buying homes. Like, he's getting all that money. Yeah. 
Definitely. And the price point is a huge part of it too. But the fact that it's using cryptocurrency, not everyone has access to that. And so I think it's going to divide a bigger gap in the different wage categories, like the lower class, the middle class, the upper class. Like I think it's going to divide them even more. Mm. It's cool. Like I think it'll be interesting if it's done with boundaries. Yes. You know what I mean? Like I will personally not use it as a social media thing, maybe as a gaming thing, but mm-hmm. I will not be putting my whole life on there. I won't be like creating a home, all this extra shit. Like I, I would be, I think it would be cool from a work perspective though. I think if my company bought it as like a work program, mm-hmm. that would be really cool. Yeah. But- like limits to it. Exactly. And it's only used for specific things. Like, I don't think it should be used for your personal life whatsoever. And I, I think it's really appealing that it's helping the environment, but like, it's not solving the issue. No. It's not. And all it's doing is taking us away from the world that's falling apart that we live in and being like, let's put a band aid over that and let's just like live in a fake reality so we don't have to deal with our yeah, real life issues. Totally. And then Elon Musk also went on Joe Rogan and he was like talking about AI, which was very, um, which supported this movement and he warned that regulations around the AI need to be developed and put into place because like you said without regulations like it could go crazy and he's also he's like super worried about the future of AI he says and I quote the danger is going to be more humans using it against each other I think most likely that'll be the danger which I think is wild because mm. I didn't even think of it from that place. Like cyberbullying is a thing. And now this is going to be like in-person cyberbullying. Like it's going to take it up a notch. And like think about hackers. They exactly. They can hack into your like what your virtual reality home and mm-hmm. steal your crypto. And like- if these AI um, modules are hoarding your data, it can easily be hacked and anyone can take it because their hackers are crazy. And Elon Musk also says that AI will allow us to communicate with our minds in a more nonverbal and non-physical way that will basically replace language. Like, no. that is absurd to me. That, that's just too much control. Like, I don't like that. It's too much access. Yeah. I Like, I need my own person to remain with me. I don't need AI interfering with that. Yes. I'm, I'm good, honey. I'm good. Yeah, I like reality. <laughs> <laughs> Bottom line is, guys... It sounds really appealing. It sounds really fun. But please take this with a grain of salt because I am a little wary. Proceed with caution for sure. Don't jump into it with like your eyes closed. Do your research, guys. All right. Enough of all this technology (laughs) talk. It's freaking me out. It's making my brain hurt. Yeah. I need need some more pop culture. (laughs) Bring back the drama. Bring back the drama, Jace. Come on. (laughs) So we don't know if you guys know yet, but now you will. Dorit was unfortunately robbed. Well, Dorit is a housewife. For those of you who don't know, Dorit Kemsley is a housewife of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And she is married to this man named PK. And obviously being on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, you have to have money. A little bit background of this is that she is known for her fashion on the show. She's like a a brand whore. This is the first season I've watched with Son. And Dorit's fashion sense, I'm like, yes, love that. Chef's kiss, bitch, you are looking good. And it's always, always flaunting fashion. Yeah, she's wearing labels all head to toe, always putting it on display. Very out there, very flamboyant with her money and fashion sense. Yes. She was unfortunately a victim of a home invasion robbery 
It was a Wednesday evening. Dorit had just returned from a wedding in London on Tuesday and her husband was still in London. Two or three men reportedly had broken into the house by smashing a rear sliding glass door and then proceeded to go upstairs where they confronted Dorit in bed. The men claimed to be armed and then they ordered her out of bed, demanded her to lead them to jewelry and other valuables around the house. And they ended up stealing $1 million worth of valuables. She reportedly in all this begged them like don't. Her kids were in the house, you guys. And she was like, apparently held at gunpoint. Yeah. Like, they had the gun to her head. It was. Ugh. And so because her kids were in the house, she was like, don't hurt my babies. Like, don't kill me. I'm a mother. And like one of them apparently threatened her and said, like, kill her. Which is, I can't even imagine, like, the trauma. Mm -hmm. um, in hindsight, there was no vehicle seen and no arrests have been made right now. But PK did say that the babies are great. They are totally unaware. And life is going to return to normal, hopefully, very quickly. So that gives a little sigh of relief for the kids. At least they won't be traumatized at such a young age. Yeah. But my heart goes out to Doree. Totally. Uh, the robbery apparently lasted only 20 minutes. And the chilling part about this whole thing was this robbery happened hours after the third episode of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills' reunion aired. And in that episode, Andy Cohen is asking her, you know, you, like your fashion sense is great, blah, blah, blah. And she mentions that she spends every like every outfit that she's worn, every piece that she has on the show, she owns every single one of them. She buys every single one. She does not rent. She doesn't borrow from designers. It's all hers. And that is a little, you know, scary because it makes you wonder, like, is that what was triggered the yeah, Roberts robbery, to be like, yeah. wow, like she probably has a lot of money in her closet. I definitely think that was something to do with that because – being flashy on TV can make you a target very quickly. We've seen it happen with multiple people. For example, Kim K. Kyle Richards, another housewife on Beverly Hills, was also robbed, but it, she wasn't home when it happened. But they took, like, all her jewelry. They took millions of dollars mm -hmm. worth. It's so sad. Like, it breaks my heart for Kyle because, yeah, it's, like, materialistic things, but you know how Kyle's mom had passed away right. from breast cancer. And, like, you can clearly tell, like, all her sisters are so hurt by it mm -hmm. still. And all the vintage jewelry that her mom had passed down to her like was all stolen wow all her children's heirlooms like heirlooms all her children's baby jewelries mm. that she was keeping to give back to them when they had kids all gone mm. all her birkins gone oh my god mm-hmm her Birkins? Not the Birkins. Not the Birkins. <laughs> and then also um, a clear thing about Kyle's incident is that a pair of earrings, which were meant to be like the most expensive thing her husband has given her, were given to her on TV in an interview with Andy Cohen, and those were stolen too. So that makes me wonder, was the earrings that triggered that? The, it's just like when you're putting it all out there, you're, you're kind of allowing people to target you and see you as you know, an easy person to go after. And I don't want to say this, but like, they're all women too, you yeah. know? And it's like, if a man is robbing you, they're going to probably think it's easier to rob a woman yeah. than a man who has a bunch of Rolexes in his house. Definitely. Do you know if this has happened to a lot of housewives? I don't know if it's happened to a lot of housewives. I only know that it's happened to Kyle before. Okay. But I want to be a devil's advocate. Okay. And kind of address a second version of what could have really happened. The plot it, thickens. The plot thickens. Stir in the pot. <laughs> so I think it's important to know, is this a coincidence or not? But The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills did start recording their new season that week. And Dorit has already been getting a lot of bad press because 
people were saying she's not bringing anything to the show. She's really boring. And there were also sometimes rumors that she might get demoted eventually to a friend or just be taken off the show. Mm. So my thing is, was this staged? Because she probably needed some drama. She needed some storyline in the show. And... And I'm sure all her shit is insured, so she probably didn't lose anything. Well, we don't Technically. know that. We don't know that. But is it completely far-fetched for me to believe that this could have been staged? I don't know. You guys tell me. But my mind did go that direction. And I do take all these things with a grain of salt. You know, she is on a reality show. But another thing that kind of, like, debunks that in my head is that, you know, if she staged the robbery, why didn't... Why why would she do it when the kids are there? Like, that's just, like, yeah. drama that your kids don't need to deal with. That's a little risky. But then I'm also thinking, why did PK stay back? Why did he not come back on the same plane as her? Why did she come back earlier? Why was it that easy for them to break in? Why were there no security cameras? Why mm-hmm. was there no security alarm? Why was there no security guards? Like, not, I don't... I mean, guards are expensive, and I don't think they're that famous. But I'm saying, like, if someone I don't know. Broke, if she's buying every designer fucking brand and owning it, I feel like they can fucking own some, like, bodyguards or security guards. At least, like, the neighborhood they live in should have patrol or patrol. something. But my thing is, if they smashed a window or a door or whatever, why did her alarm not go off? And in the report, that's saying true. she called 911. That's very true. So it's like these little things. I'm like, mm. there's a lot of missing pieces. There's a lot of like it, yeah. missing pieces, but the story is building. So more might come out and they might keep things so they can bring it up on the show, which, you know, yeah. doing it for the money. Or maybe like the investigation, they're probably keeping things yeah. a little hush hush. So, you know, I don't want to fully believe that it could have been staged but the the mind is going that direction it's still it's dabbling with that thought so there are multiple theories about it apparently dana wilkie which was a housewife right she was on there for a little bit yeah i think so okay um she apparently shared a deposition that stated their exact address no it didn't have their address on there it it stated the llc that they own but the llc is named after their fucking street that they live on oh my god (laughs) which is like and teddy mellencamp um who is a former housewife who got demoted from the show for being fucking boring as shit (laughs) which she was was pointing a finger at dana because she was saying like oh like you made them an easy target but it's like honey this is public record anyone could have looked it up and put two and two together like don't point fingers if anything pk and dorit should have been a little smarter about naming their llc (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And apparently they are selling their house too. So people that are interested in buying the house could have could like, look it up. Exactly. Yeah. And so I feel like it's very easy to pose as a house buyer. Yeah. And get that address. Totally. So like who knows this plan might have been in effect for like months or weeks. Exactly. Exactly. So if it gets a little juicier, we'll let you guys know the updates. But I'm pretty sure all this will probably come out on the next season of The Real Housewives. Definitely. It's the same way that Erica Jane's story came out in bits and pieces this season. Yeah. Do you think the next season is like mostly going to revolve around Dorit? Like how no. this season revolves around she's not that. Erica? She's not that interesting. I'm tired. I'm sorry. <laughs> but she's not. Give me the drama. Well, she is providing that. Yeah. Whether it's fake or not. I hope it's not. But I mean, honestly, I don't know. I don't hope that it's not fake, but I also don't want her to like be exploiting her yes, life like that exactly for views yeah. like i don't want her to go through that but also like why are you fooling everyone just for views exactly but you know what money does that for you fame does that for you True. money it's runs this lifestyle. world 
Well, this was unfortunate, but we'll keep you guys updated. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for sticking around through the end. We appreciate you. And if you appreciate us and you love our content, please, please leave us a review. It helps it out so much. It gives us some good feedback. And we're always here for good criticism. Yes. We're very open to that. And if you have a chance, follow us on Instagram at Pat's the Salt Podcast. Well, that's it for this week, guys. Stick around for next week. We'll bring you some really good information then as well. But until then, stay salty and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.